You're listening to the Clutter Fairy Weekly, a weekly webcast and podcast brought to you by the Clutter Fairy in Houston, Texas. If you'd like to participate in one of our live webcasts, please visit cfhou.com slash weekly. You'll find a calendar of upcoming webcasts, as well as instructions for joining the Zoom meeting via the app or by phone. We'd love to see you. That URL again is cfhou.com slash weekly. Now here's the weekly episode. Enjoy. Hi, Clutter Fairy fans. This is the Clutter Fairy Weekly for December 19th, 2023. This is our last live show of 2023. Woohoo! <laughs> I'm your co-host, Ed Gumnick, and I'm speaking with Gail Goddard, certified professional organizer and owner of the Clutter Fairy in Houston, Texas. Hi, everybody. The Clutter Fairy Weekly is the webcast and podcast that digs deep into the clutter that piles up between you and the life that you want to be living. We explore the habits and behaviors that lead to clutter, and we suggest strategies to slow the accumulation, reduce the collection, and comfortably manage the stuff we decide to keep. If you're new to our Zoom meeting, we want to let you know that you can share your comments and questions via the chat, and I'll try to make sure Gail addresses them before we move on to another topic. You can also use the raise hand feature if you'd like to ask a question or make a comment yourself via audio or video. And we are also streaming the webcast live on Facebook, so you can share your questions and comments there, and I'll relay them to Gail. We have two tittles to go over this week. Last week, the tittle was called a hot spot for a cool day, and the assignment was to get one of your home's clutter hot spots back under control. We'd love to hear from our participants in Zoom and on Facebook who cooled down a clutter hotspot this week. Please let us know in the comments. And the tittle from two weeks ago, episode number 192, was called Worst Case Scenario. The assignment there was to to contemplate and evaluate a potential decluttering mistake, something you're almost ready to part with but haven't managed to let go of yet. So let us know if you've... uh, handled either of those th- those things in the last couple of weeks. Um, I actually have made progress on a clutter hotspot myself over the last two weeks. That Ooh. was part, part of the inspiration actually for last week's tittle was the results that I was seeing. Um, one of our worst hotspots is the kitchen peninsula. We have a very small kitchen and there's a piece of counter that sticks out and divides it from the little tiny space inside the back door, which. And it's not very far from the door, right? No, it's right. It's, I don't know, two feet from the door. Right. So anytime anyone comes in with stuff in their hands, it tends to sit there at dump, least dump, dump. at first. It gets dumped there first. <laughs> right. And we're, we're, we're pretty good about keeping the place clean and decluttered, but we tend to bring what what happens is you bring in a load of fresh groceries and you put the cold stuff in the fridge and the frozen stuff in the freezer and the rest of it you say i'll come back and deal with this later and then the tendency is just to sort of like shove it all back to make room to cook or serve food and so those things accumulate uh, it never quite gets put away right the clean clean another problem we have is we have more cookware than any other 900 square foot home 
in in the country and so there's always there's always <laughs> clean cookware to be put away all the odd stuff you know yeah. the easy stuff the plates the plates and bowls are easy they have they have their spot they have a place right it's all the little stuff it's all the gadgets and appliance parts and such that stuff all tends to accumulate there on the the on the peninsula as well but we've been doing a lot of cooking and so every time we've cooked recently we've pushed back against the the mess a little more cleared a little more space cleared a little more space and um and we and we finally finished it it's finally it finally reached completely clean this week for, for a moment because of course it always right. starts instantly you know right. <laughs> but I, I i was thinking uh, yesterday that there's an opportunity here for a new habit and that is every time i go in the kitchen to get myself something to drink which is pretty frequent since you know i work at home i'm i always have something to drink i'm going to put one thing away from the peninsula right i think that's a really logical pairing and we're i'm going to see how that goes and and truthfully the peninsula isn't large and so it only takes a few things to make it look crowded. So it's pro it's not that there's 30 things up there. There's probably 10. So, you know, two days of trips into getting water and putting something away and it'll be put away. Yeah. Yeah. The only, like yesterday, Jaime stopped and picked up a few groceries. And the only things that didn't have to go in the fridge were a bottle of V8, a bottle of Clamato. And they just sat there. And so they went away today as I, you know, when I, when I went to get drinks. Excellent. See, you're already doing it. Good job. Let's and take that, a look. That keeps oh, it ahead. Exactly. Um, Anita, do you have something relevant to, uh, to one of the tittles? Um, I have a, a deck door going, uh, go, this door goes out to my deck and it was a little, just one of these square filing boxes, you know, that you can put, well, that became the repository for anything that was going out to or coming back from the deck. And so I finally got rid of everything in that box because most of it was stuff that had to do with bugs that you don't have in the winter in Michigan. <laughs> and right, they so homes out in the garage and in the garden shed. And what I did was, and then there was some, I don't know, some floor cleaning products. They don't need to be out in the kitchen. This is stuff that didn't need to be there all the time. And what I did was I took the box away because that box was a magnet for stuff. So right. some, look at an empty space now. Isn't that shocking? <laughs> but you make a very good point. It's like if you, if there is a parking space, you will use it. Right. If there is no parking space, then you have to take the extra three steps to go put that floor cleaning product under the kitchen sink or in the utility yep. room or wherever you have that stuff stored. Right. And so we all default to what's easiest to you to do. And if there was a box right there and you can just drop it, then great. Um, <clears throat> I will say that you are also implying the need for a system during the summer, which is. You have mm -hmm. bug spray and it's by the back door because you need to use it outside. And so maybe there is a um, 
there's a system to consider there that when it's time to have those things out and use them during the summer, that you have a container that is portable that you can walk back and forth with and not have it be parked right by the back door. Or maybe it is parked by the back door, but it's not a box that you can add more into. Maybe it's an open container on with deck. Yeah, yeah, on, yeah. Or something there. On the deck for the whatever, you know, something with a lid. Yeah, yeah. As long as it's not um as long as it cannot get overheated in the sun. Like oh, you don't want chemicals getting overheated and exploding on the deck. <laughs> so you gotta consider that safety factor. But you know what they um, make um they make great deck storage things yeah of, uh like of like woven vinyl so those could sit yep. in the sun mm -hmm. those would mm -hmm. sit in the sun and not get particularly hot yeah, yeah and so that like might that. Be, let but you store stuff just yeah. the spray i probably wouldn't leave out in the heat so right right yeah yeah but everything else really i'm that's i'm looking to get a deck box on sale there I'm you go like, like cushions in there too and yeah stuff. yeah yeah and i think you know it, Right now, having that stuff removed into the garage and the shed for the winter is excellent mm -hmm. and it's out of your way. And then when it's spring again, you can consider how best to make that portable and not be creating a horizontal surface that you can stick things on. Right. <laughs> and so um, nice of you to notice. Thanks for sharing. That was a great, um, that Thanks, was a great Anita. example. Jane says, this week I identified three hotspots to address. The biggest was a stack of incoming mail that included catalogs and read sometime mail. I do sort mail when it comes in and most goes directly into recycling. With so much mail in November and December, the stack became so tall it fell over. Much of it has now gone into the recycling bin. And which is where it was headed all along, right? So <laughs> isn't that, that's just the nature of mail. And you're right about at the holiday season, everybody amps up their catalog deliveries and there's all kinds of, you know, we have to sell you things at the holidays. And so they, all of those, that, that advertising just jacks up exponentially. And then you end up with a huge amount of stuff on your counter. So good job. And, and this is where we remind you that uh, it's easiest to deal with the mail when you get it. And so, right. um, you know, today's mail is the shortest pile of mail it's ever going to be. And if you can just, take out the things that were recycling and trash and shred at the time, then you'll be left with a very, very small pile of things that you think you have to deal with. <clears throat> and, um, and then you won't end up in the leaning tower of pizza <laughs> situation that you were describing. And I'm sure everyone in the zoom room and in the audience can relate to that. You make a pile and suddenly it's a huge pile and how did that happen? And then it falls over and happens just <laughs> on the floor somewhere. Like everyone can relate to that situation. CJ also has a tittle report. Okay. CJ says it's been ages since we could properly eat off our dining table. It slowly got overtaken by all sorts of food related accessories, spices, vinegars, paper napkins, potholders, et cetera, plus desk accessories like mail from using the laptop on the table to pay bills, et cetera. Oh. finally just went one by one picking everything off then following a rule this week that every day it's re-cleared whether the items will be reused tomorrow or not as an added bonus my hubby always preferred eating in the living room even when the table was clear before and it drove me nuts with the crumbs and cleaning the cushions and rug every day yeah. yesterday he insisted on eating at the dining table and commented how much he preferred it now 
Oh, isn't that lovely? Oh, you got immediate feedback. And that's excellent. Thank you to the hubby for, you know, uh, praising your hard work and recognizing it and, and appreciating that it created a better way for him to eat. That's fabulous. And it is one of those things that, you know, a dining table is a horizontal surface, like all horizontal surfaces in the universe. And <clears throat> it can hold stuff. But you, when it holds stuff and when it stores things, it loses its functionality as a dining table, as you experienced. And so how great of you to address it and put that stuff away. And I think we get hung up a little bit on the idea that if we're going to use it every day, it should always be out. And I think there's some things for which that makes sense, like napkins on the table and maybe salt and pepper, but all of the other things that you might use with your food or the, like you said, the office supplies that you're using when you're paying bills, it that's easy enough to put away and pull back out again one at a time. And it isn't going to waste a huge amount of time for you to go get vinegar when you want it with a meal or uh, to go and get the paper clips when you need a paper clip while you're paying the bills. And so it's worth it to go and put it all back every day so that that space stays clear and you continue to focus on that clean surface that is there for you guys to sit down and have a meal, which is excellent. Ooh, good job. That was a good one. Well, and and I think I kind of, I buried the lead of my peninsula story because what I didn't mention is that since we've been keeping it, keeping the peninsula clear, mm -hmm. I feel that, I feel this, invitation to cook you know our, 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 i'm so our kitchen is is so small and and becomes cluttered so easily that it's easy to get discouraged and to, to you think about cooking something you go in there you look around and it's no I and can't. all the work surfaces are covered up right yeah. like you, you don't have any workspace to do your thing yeah so you've uncovered your workspace i mean really that peninsula is the widest yeah work surface in your kitchen yeah, it's the only it's the the only big uninterrupted space where you're not you know too close to something else. Yeah, yeah. Um, M says I used worst case scenario on an old tabletop hairdryer. I had rationalized that it would be very helpful for warming a cold, wet kitten or other small rescued animal. When I really thought about it, I had to admit that the last time I was in that situation was in 1974. <laughs> which was before I even had the hairdryer. I had to chuckle. It was easy to detach from it after that. Oh, so that's the, um, you know, the thing that you've been having, the, the tittle from two weeks, ago, two weeks ago, right? the thing that you uh, were having trouble uh, letting go of. I love that you changed your point of view around it and you were able to make yourself laugh and then uh, let it go. Good job. Yes, I'm sure the hairdryer was still functional, um, but you were able to go, except that I haven't had to dry kitten since 1974. So it's really not a pressing issue in my household. And I can laugh about that and I can send it on. And good job. I'm so proud of you. And a tabletop hairdryer is not a small thing. That like take that has right? a footprint. And so yeah, you managed to clear a big footprint and and you know entertain and amuse yourself along the way. So good job. <laughs> Uh, that's great that's a great that's a great one too that that's really that's really so much what we 
try to get people to do with the weekly tittles. It's yeah. it's usually about raising your consciousness about something. It's, you know, getting aware, encourage you to yeah raise your awareness about something that you've been ignoring or taking for granted. Naomi asked, can I put up pegboard or wire mesh to hang a multitude of kitchen <laughs> things from? Um, there's not, not really a lot a wall. of wall space. Yeah, it's, yeah. There's we're there's a place we've thought about putting up a high shelf, and we just haven't pulled the trigger on it. It's a rental, so we may or may not do that. We may just endure this place till the lease is up, and then make other plans. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It's it's basically like it's open on the peninsula end, and then the back wall has a big window in the middle of it, and cabinets, and then right. cabinets in the fridge, and then there's a little um a half yeah. bath on the fourth wall and so there isn't a lot of space to put there's, in anything yeah they crammed a lot in that kitchen yeah they, they beth, did a good job lisa beth says it's the new te new temporary stuff like gifts to wrap and non-perishable groceries that don't get a permanent home that land on my flat surfaces especially those within reach of doors right yeah and it the gifting season, it does add an extra element of I'm bringing on all this stuff in and I have to process it because you have to take it all out and take it out of bags and wrap it and make a package out of it. And then you have to distribute the packages, whether that's take it to your tree or drive it to an event or take it with you to hand off to somebody. And so um, there's a lot of added um, processing that goes along that happens during this time of year. And so um, it might be worth it to pop a card table or, you know, create a surface that's specifically for handling um, that extra processing you do at the giving season. The seasonal and then, extra clutter. Yeah. And then you can, you know, take it back down after all the holiday, all the distribution has happened and you don't have to keep up with it anymore. Of course, that won't work if you have little kids in the house. <laughs> if right. you have little kids in the house, that'll just, they're all up in your business. So um, that's that's a different conversation if you have little children to hide things from. But um, otherwise, if you're an adult and you're living with adults, then you can have the, you know, pop up. Um, my stepmother does that every year. She has a, uh, there's a loft area in their house. And she brings out a, a you know, a, a two by four foot or so uh, folding table that's plastic, you know, doesn't weigh anything. And she pops that up and pulls out all of her boxes of wrapping and stuff. And it all happens on that table. And then um, at the end of the year, it all gets put away and the table gets folded out and it's gone again. So it's a temporary installation to process all of the gifting that's happening up there. Okay, we have time for one more, and then we really should get on with our main subject. Okay. C says, cleared off a table full of children's crafts my grandchildren have show haven't shown interest in for a while. There you go. So uh, all grandparents uh, want to do crafty things with their kids, their grandkids, and then their grandkids sort of age out of it. <laughs> and so <laughs> you stash the... You know, you have the uh, distracting craft materials there for the little kids to come and play with. And at some point, um, it's not their focus anymore. And so it's one of those things that for a while, the grandkids have a season 
of um, playing with the craft materials and then they sort of age out of it. And so when they've gone past it, you can shut it down, take it down. It's a, it's a temporary installation <laughs> for that season of your grandkids life. And then you can remove it again. You had it up when your kids were little too, and then you took it down when they grew out of it. So you can do it again uh, for the grandkids. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. You guys had some great tittle reports. We did. Uh, we went longer than normal. My apologies, but um, we did have two to consider, and I wanted everybody to have a chance to talk about it if they did something. So we appreciate your feedback. All right, let's go on to the main topic. Should your home be optimized to function smoothly, to look beautiful, or some combination of the two? Where are you willing to compromise and what's non-negotiable? Today, we're going to talk about the priorities that inform our decluttering and organizing choices and suggest strategies for finding your perfect personal, your personal perfect balance. Perfect balance probably should have been quotation marks. Right. You know, we know it's, not, it's never going to be a perfect balance. It's never going to be exactly perfect, right? Right. Uh, one of the joys of living in your own space is that you can set it up how you want it to reflect who you are. For some people, that means making it look like a showplace, something beautiful in design and color. Other people just want the house to function well, uh, making their life easier to manage. Finally, some people want it all. They want it to look beautiful and they want it to work well, both of those things. And they have the most work to do to achieve that intersection. So first we're going to talk about if your priority is for the home to look pretty then you're likely someone who's visually stimulated. The colors and the lines of the home and its furnishings are important to you. What you see when you walk around and look at your space is the biggest draw to you. For you, the line of sight is the most important focus. When you can see on the surfaces, what you can see on the surfaces, what the lines of the furniture look like, what artwork and decor is visible, all of those are part of your visual stimulation. When you, What you can see catches your attention the most and it distracts you the most if it doesn't look right. If something's out of place, if something's the wrong color, if you think that this, the shape isn't correct, those kinds of uh, visual cues either are things that you enjoy or things that distract you if you think it doesn't look right. Color is a really important component of how it looks, and that includes color from artwork and decor, as well as how the walls are painted and how the furniture looks. Um, if you focus totally on how something looks, it's likely that your closets are stuffed, and so are all the available drawers and cabinets and bookshelves. Anything behind a closed door is likely not a priority and is used to stash stuff without any sense of being organized. You're trying to clear off surfaces so that you can't, so that what you see visually is clean. And as a result, things get stuffed into cabinets and in drawers and behind in the closet. You go and hide things out of the way so you don't have to see them, but uh, you just stuff them in there without any thought. Given the choice between how it looks and how it functions, looks are going to win every time for you. So focusing on the home's look doesn't pay much attention to functionality and functional use objects and the systems that they inhabit get ignored. And so they're not really implemented to support how you use the house. That's a description of what it's like if you are, if how it looks is a priority to you and whether visually, uh, what how you see it visually isn't what's important versus how it functions. 
if your priority is that your system function well instead, your space function well instead, then you're likely someone who appreciates being efficient and not wasting time. You want systems in place to make things easy to do. What system makes cooking easier or makes your laundry day go faster or makes cleaning the house go smoother? You work towards things being easy to handle, easy to complete, with no time being wasted on completing chores or work. It's not so important what color the walls are or what decor is out on the counters. It's more important that the coffee cups be right by the coffee maker, as well as the coffee all in arm's length right then at that station. You want to be able to find things quickly and easily, and ideally it should be easy to put it away too. You don't want it to be, you don't want there to be barriers to putting things up as well. So you buy objects that support a system, like storage containers and gadgets that support easy functioning of the house. You shop for a solution that makes your life easier to manage. This is easy to tackle systematically, uh, going from room to room with a purpose and intended use for each space in the house. So you can look through all of those rooms and say, what do I need to be able to do here and how can I support that? And then you end up buying things that support the functions that you've designed for each room. It can also be done for the smallest drawer to the biggest room in the house. So you can look at the contents of a drawer and create systems inside the drawer, just like you would be doing it for the full room, the whole bedroom. If you're all about functionality, then you make choices that compromise on appearances sometimes in ways that would be off-putting to others in the house or to visitors that might come. So you might end up deciding that you want your pet food to be out and it, you get a container that works for the pet food and then the pet food is out near the where the pets eat. And another person would see that as visual clutter or they might see that as not aesthetically pleasing to look at or they might see that it doesn't go with the decor. But if you're all about functionality, as long as the pet food is where the pets need to be fed, then it is functioning as designed and that's what you want. If you want both a lovely look and a functional space, then you're in for a surprise. You're going to need to do double the work that either of the other focuses alone require. Designers do their thing totally for how it looks as if the room is in a picture that's like perfectly static and nobody's ever using it. When the designers make the place, they don't ever think about how stuff is going to get used. They hardly ever take into account how a room works when it's lived in. And you'll need to consider both as you make choices for your home. You'll need to find out what systems and containers are needed to be installed into the vision you have of your space. And that means considering what you need to store and use in each room and how you want to manage those functions. So for our pet food example, you want to feed the pets and store the food near where they eat. But a standard pet food container out in the open may not be a good design look. Probably won't be the color. It won't go, go with your color scheme. And it's probably a container that isn't uh, designed to look pretty. So yeah, deciding... Our, our, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, our dog food comes in enormous bags that are bright green. Right. <laughs> that would not be my design choice. Right. Like, never mind. Well, and big dogs get food in 50 pound containers, right? <laughs> like, it comes in a bag of 50 pounds of food. 
because that's like, you know, they eat that pretty quickly and <clears throat> storing that in a, you can go to the pet store and get a pet food storage container, which keeps the lit, you know, it protects the dog from getting into the food, but it's never pretty. <laughs> it's never something that looks good. So it functions, but it doesn't look good. And if you want both of those things to happen, you're going to have to do a little outside the box shopping. <laughs> so um, deciding on, so if you're deciding that you need the pet food to be out, that means that you need a way to store the pet food that works with the design aesthetic. And you'll likely be, likely be looking at non-traditional containers for that food in order to meet your desire for it to be pretty and functional at the same time. Overall, you have to consider twice as much when you're shopping. Each pretty thing has to be evaluated according to how useful, what usefulness is baked into it. And each functional thing has to be reviewed for its beauty and whether it works in your design scheme. Um, for instance, choosing furniture just for its design isn't enough. You have to evaluate that furniture for its ability to serve the house in organizing and to do double duty in storage or function. Finding something that's the right color of fabric, but can also add a dimension of functionality is a much harder target than just what you think looks good. So considering both goals when you're shopping for furniture saves you the hassle of having to work around non-functional furniture later. Ultimately, you're the person that needs to be happy with whatever you do in your home and make sure it works for you and supports you living well in the house. And if you like it to be pretty, great. And I and aim for that. And I would hope that you'll also um, consider systems a little bit. If you're a systems person, if you want it to be functioning, that's also great. And I would hope that you can also give yourself a little bit of, um, you know, aesthetically pleasing look along the way. And if you're somebody who can combine both of them and aim for both targets, great. And I would love to hear later um, if anybody's had any experience with that and how they manage to make it work. I think a lot of times we aim for making it pretty and we don't think about functionality. Then we start living in our pretty space and then we realize that we need we need to do something here and how am I gonna do that? Like you, you make it pretty and then you try to go in and add functionality in later as you live in it and find out um, where that functionality is missing. And so then you kind of um, add it on after the fact, you tack it on at the end. And I think it would be, if you want both, if you desire both of those things, uh, having that conversation together and planning it in advance that way, I think would be really interesting. You'll, you'll have to shop harder because, <laughs> you know, finding pretty things that serve a function is a, is a much uh, narrower topic. It's a narrow target. And so you, I'm sure it'll be harder, but I think the end result will be better. A designer really doesn't have time to worry about functionality very much. They just want it to look pretty. And if you hire an interior designer, they're going to come in and they're going to sort of, it's sort of like they're painting and they paint a picture of your home with the furnishings and the decor and they create a look. And as long as nobody moves... <laughs> Or sits down anywhere or actually uses anything in the room, it'll it'll keep the look. But the minute you start living in it, um, you start to destroy the look. And so um, trying to anticipate living in the space in advance and building things that support your ability to do that 
will also help you in the reset process and the maintenance process when you're trying to reset the room back to this is the clean version of the of how what I want to present to visitors your ability to put things away quickly and have things that are out not look weird when someone a visitor comes in if you can plan for that it'll make that reset and maintenance process a lot faster when you get that phone call and somebody shows up and it's like i'm coming to your house in 30 minutes i need to drop something off or i want to visit or whatever when you have those surprise visitors if you can reset the living room in 30 minutes or 15 minutes excellent and having some systems in place will help you do that jane says my priority has been function over form as more and more has been decluttered making areas attractive has become more of a priority though and and that actually echoed peggy who was the the person who suggested uh was one of the people who suggested this this topic peggy asked are we going for functional or aesthetically pleasing in our homes i was all about functional for the first few years now i'm trying to improve how our home looks well, and I think um, that the first comment said implied part of the reason, right? Like if it's super cluttered, you know that the functionality isn't working and the priority is to clear out some stuff so that you can create function. And in doing that, you sort of create the empty space in which you can be creative and make it look nice, right? And so um, like you said that the clear peninsula inspired you to cook, um, th this idea of when you when you can clear out enough excess stuff that you have some empty space to work with and you can get the functions happening in there that you need to happen, then you can sort of go, oh, now I have the breathing room and the space in order to tweak it and make it pretty too. And isn't that a great thing to recover? If you're if you're at the stage where you say, Hey, now I'm, you know, now that I've uh, decluttered and it looks better, now I want to think about, now I'm not solely focused on, oh God, the clutter is a mess. Now you can look at it and go, oh, it's time to make it pretty. That's a sign of, you know, your evolution and how far along you've gotten in your decluttering process. So good on you. That's exciting. Good place to aim. Sandra has uh, her hand up. Go ahead, Sandra. Un Hi, Sandra. Yourself. Hello, everybody. Um, I don't know whether you guys, because this is an English guy, so I don't know whether you guys in America, Canada, have heard of this guy, but he was um, famous in our country anyway. Um, I don't know about globally. William Morris in the Victorian area. And mm -hmm. he um, was a, he designed lots of wallpaper designs and fabric designs. And he had a quote that I've always, from like, probably when I was at school when I first heard of this bloke in my art class. Um, and he said, this is the quote. I found it online to remember it word for word. It's have nothing in your houses that you do not know to be useful or believe to be beautiful. So he was sort of like the Victorian embodiment right? of form and function and be and looking good. And I've always sort of thought, yeah, you've got to be practical. You've got to have the function, but um, but then it's got to also look good. And I think if you're wanting both in my experience anyway if you start with function and if you're creative you can always paint something or be crafty with something to make it then look good to fit in with your theme but you've got to get the function first and if you buy stuff that's just beautiful you can't really then make it functional 
but you that's can correct. the other way around. So right. that's just my experience. But yeah, William Morris, Vic- Victorian designer. Well, <laughs> he, he and was already, he was already with there in the in it's from the like the eighteen eighties that era right? sort of thing. He was the man so, with the vision. He was the man with the vision. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> That's excellent. Thank you for sharing that, Sandra. I appreciate that. I mean, I think it's a very excellent point that you can't take something that's pretty and make it function. You can usually take something that functions and figure out a way to make it pretty, to decorate it, to enhance it, to Hide improve it. it. Cover it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you can't always go the other way around. Like sometimes you can take something that functions and I mean, that's, pretty and make it function but i find that people sort of go and buy things that look pretty and they say i'll use that for fill in the blank and then like they it it in no way addresses the need that they're trying to accomplish and so i often find it's like yeah i know you bought that for this but that's not going to work and here's why and so i sort of debunk some of the pretty storage you know organizing containers and you know solutions as as uh, choices because they're there again and they were designed to look pretty and for you to buy them because they're pretty and that and what functionality they provide is sort of an afterthought and so it's interesting to think about that way you can't take functional you can take functional stuff and make it pretty but can't you always take pretty stuff and make it function good point and thank you for sharing about william morris that was very it was a perfect reminder yeah go ahead pat yeah i totally agree with the william morris thing and i'm the one who is looking for both. Okay. Um, enjoy the challenge and have managed to do that with most things. I've been retired and organizing now for 10 years and have made great progress. Um, That's amazing. The one, one thing that we did for my mom in organizing when she was living, um, she had a lot of trays and cookie sheets and things like that. And we took plywood and made a cube table with a divider in it to store them and then just skirted it with fabric oh that's smart so we covered it and it totally you know handled the purpose the problem i have is for those you know maybe two or three things that i don't quite know what i'm going to do with them or where i'm going to put them um to find just the right piece and the right place to put it are are the struggle <laughs> right 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 and and that's yeah. the thing it's like when, when you're aiming for both of those targets mm-hmm. sometimes you have to look for a while right like it, it it's there's not always a fast and easy solution for you um you've right. set a pretty high bar trying to aim for those two things right have it be pretty and be functional and so um that was the that was the point of talking about that it's like yeah you're giving yourself double the work because right. it has to hit both targets and so it does mean that you have to do, um, you know, a little more searching and be a little more creative about how you try to solve your problem. Yeah. I'm but it sounds like you made great progress. Yeah, I have. And it's, I'm looking for perfect and it's not out there. So, yeah, no, yeah, you, you, we know that that's a failure. And I, I think that, you know, <laughs> it sounds to me like if you've gotten your place to, so that you think it looks pretty and you're comfortable with it and you have a couple of miscellaneous outliers that you haven't figured it out yet. I think you're doing super, super great. And everybody in the room is jealous of you. That's what I'm going to speculate. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Thanks for Gail, sharing. Where would you place yourself? Um, do, do you, what, let's say on a scale of one to 10, how important is, how important are aesthetics and how important is functionality in your approach to your space? I think that I am probably 
Like function is important to me. I always aim for function first, but I do like things to look nice. And so, but, but I do compromise around that. Um, like I can, I'm, my house would never be a show place. Like it would never be one of those static, perfectly placed everything spaces. Um, but I do, and I, you know, I can't be an organizer and not aim for functionality. Right. So I lean for that, but I do like, you know, I am a creative person and I like color and art. And so, um, the, I do try to make the space generally pretty to look at. <laughs> I do have things on surfaces because like I said, there's a, you know, I have a whole rack in the, in the breakfast room that is pet food and pet medicine and pet, you know, treats and that kind of stuff out because I get into it 30 million times a day to give the cats a treat or to comb them or to, it's like, and so the average person would not want that shelving unit out in their breakfast room. But for me, it's a major part of my um, ability to function is to take care of the animals. And so I'm like, for me, that's okay. That compromise is okay. I, I do lean towards less is more. And so um, there's a point at which I don't like a whole lot of excess furniture in a space and I don't like a lot of crowded surfaces and things like that. And so I do have surfaces with things on them, but they're usually contained. And then, you know, I, I, I still have some working surface uh, everywhere in all the spaces that I have. And so, um, I, what does that make me like 70 percent <laughs> well i i don't you know, and i don't think it's i don't think it's so much as a it's so much a spectrum as a matrix you know that yeah, yeah there are yeah. people who are high on both you know who are in the upper right quadrant and uh people who are low on both who are in the lower left quadrant you know yeah I, I, and i would say that function trumps look but yeah. there is a there is a level of um of, of aesthetically pleasing that if it's too cluttered or too busy or there's not enough space between the, you know, the, and the floor and on the walls, then I get like, it, I, it feels uncomfortable to me. So yeah, I do have to sort of aim those, but I think, you know, I skew functionality a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I do by too. Nature, right. I do too. And especially in the kitchen, you know, yes. like there, if there's, something that i'm going to use every day it has to be out there no matter what it looks like you know the co the coffee pot you better get a nice looking coffee pot because it's Cause never it's going not going away. anywhere <laughs> yeah 100 well and you know things like my closet in the master bedroom my floor is always uncovered i don't ever have to struggle to walk yeah. in my closet yeah. because it annoys me if I'm like walking on top of shoes or that, you know, I have a, a, a dirty laundry hamper that's right there in the corner that I throw dirty clothes in. Cause I don't want dirty clothes on the floor of the closet. And so I can always walk in my closet hundred yeah. percent. So that's a functionality thing. And because the look of the floor, if it's covered, then the fact that it's not empty bothers me. And I find that, irritating yeah and in the morning when i'm trying to get dressed and i'm not awake irritating is not good no so, <laughs> i do aim for that linda says in addition to function i think carefully about safety and comfort mm. and i would i think i would put safety and 
I would consider safety and comfort to be a subset of function functionality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they're they're you know part of the functional targets, picture. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You definitely want to be safe. Let's hear from Anya. Hi, Anya. Hi. <laughs> I was thinking. I always tend to go for functional. I like pretty and beautiful, but if it's not functional, it annoys the heck out of me. (laughs) I was thinking about shoes. So many women buy shoes that are only pretty, uh, but you can't walk in them. And it's, yeah, except that it kills you to stand in them, right? I need to be able to walk in shoes and feel comfortable. So functionality, but also, I don't like really ugly. So, yeah. <laughs> right? That's, there's there's a limit to, you know, the limit to what you'll tolerate, right? Right. <laughs> I think it's funny though. I mean, you're you're reflecting a personal preference of if it's not functional, it's annoying. And I can tell you that there's, you know, there's creative people out there that could care less about whether it functions. They just want to look good. And so we are all on the spectrum in a different place, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> Appreciate it. Let's hear from MM. Hi, all. Happy holidays. It's, Hi, happy holidays. Uh, men's for being late. I wanted to just jump in very quickly. I just got back from training a six foot seven man, 328 pounds, on my husband's wheelchair, Gail. Oh, you did. Wow. I'll tell you all, I just have to put it here because I'm very mourning and joyful and I also got to pay forward the fridge, and on my way back, I I stopped at Walmart, of all places, and found one on the shelf of their upper shop vacs, which I need because of my disability. So I have to just do a shout out to you, Gail, and to you, Ed, and to all of you on the Clutter Fairy. When I walked out of that gentleman's home, he was functioning in his home. He was doing little donuts after I walked down his <laughs> back in the window and I started sobbing. No uh... one was there going, you did it. I'm so proud of you. And I thank you, Gail, for pushing me and everyone for supporting me. Um the function so awesome. Tiny space now in my living area and I need stronger sunglasses. I put it in the chat because it's so bright I want to cover it. <laughs> just live with it for a little while just live with the empty space for a little bit i mean Gail, oh. shout out to clutter fairy thank you so much and um you're welcome I, I, that's as quick as i can get because i just keep tearing up everybody it was just to see this man's face light up i mean he's looking at me eye to eye because this chair elevates yeah you understand and if all of you yeah. sit down at someone he looks us in the eye he was doing donuts. I couldn't believe it in his little living room. So, oh, that's so cool. Thank you all. I just had to step in and say thank you. What a great talk, and I'm in for being late. So, Oh, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear it. Thank you for sharing. I appreciate that. Um, And basically, um, her husband was a big, tall man, and so he had a special uh, wheelchair that was uh, upsized for him. And <clears throat> it needed to be – it was perfectly fine. It needed to be handed off to – someone who could use it. So he's now, it has now been done. That's really like, great. And that yes. means that the footprint of the really big wheelchair is now out of your living space, which is great. Mm-hmm. And, and you know that it's gone on to somebody that 
also had the same needs as your husband and and how great the visual of you know him doing wheelies in the really? wheelchair is like nice. how exciting like you could that just says to you he's so thrilled to have it and and how how great that's gonna how that's gonna enhance his quality of life and so good for you that you did it i'm so proud and i know that that empty space is now reclaimed for you to function, right? You needed it for him. He needed that space when he was alive. But now you have that space and you can use that empty space for something to support you. And so I'm super, super thrilled to hear it. That is just amazing. And thank goodness you got the extra fridge out. <laughs> and I got forward to a family in need. And there you go. That's awesome. It's just it's so hard. Gail has been on me for what, over a year now? <laughs> mm -hmm. that year? Mm -hmm. And I had to, and I kept putting it out and bringing it back in and putting it out. It was so hard, everybody, that the simple task that we've been learning here, I don't know where it's going to go. I just know that when I walked in, I burst into tears, sat down and got back on with all of you because <laughs> good to know that my mess is my clutter benefits others and that's my focus for the new year too so there you go excellent yeah okay. i mean that's a perfect example of this object is not something that you are going to use that wheelchair was not something that made sense for you mm -mm. and um and and recognizing that it still had usefulness and it was valuable and expensive and it needed to go on to somebody that needed that functionality and so how great that you did it. I'm so proud of you. I know it was a big mountain to climb, but totally worth the effort. And every time you look at that empty space, I want you to imagine that man doing wheelies in the chair Thank and, you. <laughs> and smile and remember why that space is empty because you are um, reclaiming it for yourself and you are passing that functionality on to somebody else that needed it. And so super, super uh, happy for you. That is that what a great way to end the year. You guys, that's just like, woohoo. That's right. That's like oh, sliding yeah. out of the end of the year with the wheelchair gone. That's awesome. <laughs> Proud of you. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. That was great. <laughs> Good to hear it. <clears throat> okay. Let's wow. see. I wanted to share a few more comments. Um, <clears throat> Connie says, my mom used to say, no point in having a beautiful, tidy home with miserable children. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> Little kids are actively, uh, you know, trying to uh, destroy your aesthetic uh, look in your house. That's for sure. And, and they're so, only uh, interested compromising in compromising for them. And they're only interested in the fun part of function. Or exactly exactly so you know there is a there is a decade or two we're having probably a decade when the kids are zero to ten or you know teenagery where um you know having it be beautiful is sort of a target that's not really reasonable because of the kids in the house but after they're a little bit more uh self-contained and self-functioning uh you can start to shift your house back to it looks nice and everybody participates in keeping it looking nice. And uh, that comes with their getting older, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I want to go back to um, Rowan's suggestion for this topic. Peggy mentioned it and Peggy suggested it and also Rowan. Rowan's is a little longer, so, but let me read this to you. Okay. She says, getting in touch with your true stuff priorities and organizing for those that's the topic she was suggesting you can absolutely elegantly and safely house your adored 2000 book collection 
So how do you arrange your home so that the book collection is given the space and arrangement it needs? Does your dining room need to become a library, et cetera? Also looking at your space and stuff primarily in terms of using your stuff, ease of use, space to use it. Look at what you love to do and or what you need to do. How can it function easier and better? She gives the example, if you love to craft, why make a situation where you have to put your craft project away instead of having a dedicated space where you can leave it out ready for the next moment you want to work on it? Art studios are not just for avant-garde geniuses and garrets. <laughs> well, and I think that the point that the point to extract from that particularly is <clears throat> you have so many rooms in the house. And when the house was built, the, the rooms were given a name. This is the dining room. This is the breakfast room. This is the living room. But you don't have to, you're not confined to using those spaces for those purposes. If you want to use them for something else, you certainly can do that. Your bedrooms don't have to be bedrooms. They can be offices. That's a typical one, but they can also be a craft room or an exercise room or fill in the blank. Right. So there, those rooms are available for you to make them work for what you want to do with them. My living room is half living room and half a bead studio because it's a long rectangular room. And so I put the living room furniture on one half and I have the bead stuff set up on the other half because, you know, I have so much stuff. And so, you know, in order, you can't contain that in a corner. It has to be in of its own room. And so um, when we rented this space originally, you know, one of the shopping points was where is the bead stuff going to go? Right. And that we, you know, the living room, I'm sure the builder of the house never expected half of the living room to be a bead room, but it is. So you can claim the rooms and use them for what you want. And that's important. And that's important in supporting you and doing what you like in the house too, so that it's not, you live there, you want to be happy there. You want to be doing stuff that makes you happy there. And so having the house set up to function Doing the stuff that you like to do, totally a thing to do. Totally get total totally a worthy goal to have. Absolutely. Okay, we are about out of time. Tittle time. As I as I said at the start, this is our last live show of 2023. We'll be back January 9th, 2024. We haven't Woo-hoo. identified a topic yet. Uh Gail and I are going to spend some time between now and then planning a whole bunch of stuff for next year. <laughs> Um, why don't you give us the tittle? Okay. This week's tittle is entitled report card. This week's assignment is to reflect on your 2023 successes and areas that could use more attention next year. Make a list of three things you've accomplished on your decluttering and organizing journey in 2023, of which you're particularly proud and pleased. MM should have uh, got rid of the wheelchair, got rid of the fridge. That's two things on her list already. Write down one area where you feel that you didn't quite make the grade on your goals or objectives. Optionally, you can give yourself a grade on any scale that feels appropriate and then come prepared on January 9th to share your accomplishments and your final grade with the rest of the class. Uh, We would love to hear about your successes and how you uh, felt like you made progress in 2023. And um, then you can talk a little bit about what area you think might um, need some attention in the new year? Come and tell us about it. We'd love we'll to hear about it. what's next. Mm-hmm. If you're watching this on YouTube, we would love for you to join us live. 
To get notifications about upcoming events, we invite you to join the Meetup group by visiting cfhou.com meetup. You can also follow us on Facebook by going to cfhou.com Facebook or join our mailing list by visiting cfhou.com subscribe. We'd love to hear from you, so keep your comments, questions, and topic suggestions coming on YouTube, Facebook, or anywhere that you find us. You can always reach us through our website at clutterfairyhouston.com. I can't believe it's the end of the year, you guys. We've made it all the way through 2023, and you know we're into... Uh... 300 episodes now <laughs> we've got so much on the youtube channel it's really shocking to me <clears throat> we're so glad that you keep coming back and supporting us and participating with us we have such a good time and we really um, enjoy doing this and talking about this so thank you for all of your support we're so glad that you're here and we look forward to spending 2024 with you see you soon happy holidays and happy new year happy new year bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.